Hallelujah. God is awesome. God is awesome. When you get in the right place at the right time, your giants will come down. He'll touch you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. God is awesome. And he'll do just what he'll say. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is definitely in this place. This is authentic worship. Amen. I know this is not just for one Sunday. Y'all do this every Sunday because I feel God's presence in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yes, God. You got to hold on. Now I know why God changed this word yesterday at 5 o'clock. Because it's worth the fight to hold on. Amen? You got to stand steadfast and unmovable in some issues in your life. You got to hold on. Now I understand why God changed this word. Hallelujah. I bless God. I bless him. I bless him for this church. I bless him for your pastor, Reverend uh, Houston. Give God a hand for him because he's a mighty man of God. Sister him to the spirit and allows people to come in and minister the word of God. Amen. I heard last Sunday that you also had a guest preacher in here. My friend, my sister, Reverend Nicole Barnes. So that's something to say about the man of God who steps down from the pulpit two Sundays in a row. Amen. We praise God for him. Amen. 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 And I heard y'all party last night like it was 1999. I wish I was there because I like to party. But next year, I sure enough be there. Hallelujah. We thank him. I thank him for Sister Meriwether for inviting me last year. Uh, again, I say y'all, a church of excellence calls y'all plan and y'all get uh, and y'all strategize and get who you want to early in advance. And I thank God for that. I thank God for my friend Gloria and my friend Danielle. G- praise God for you. And I praise God for my sister Savaskia, Reverend Savaskia Bray from St. Stephen and uh, also the president of WIN. I thank her for being here and interceding for me. Amen. There is a word from the Lord. Amen. There is a word from the Lord. I ask everybody to pray with me as I hear what the Lord is going to say to somebody. As I was telling your pastor in the study, this is awesome to have a cancer awareness day because uh, it is a, a deadly disease that's taking young, old, black, white, everybody. My family has been affected with cancer. My sister had it when she was five years old. The doctors gave up on her, but she's 31 now. My grand, praise God, my grandfather had lung cancer. My mother uh, died of lung cancer, but she fought the good fight for five months. Um, so I'm not sad because she, she stayed steadfast and unmovable. Other members in my family are battling that disease, so I'm no stranger to cancer. So I stand here under experience knowing that you must hold on and you must keep up the good fight of faith. Amen? Amen. We will be coming out on Mark chapter 5 this morning, a familiar scripture, starting with verse 22, Mark chapter 5, starting with verse 22. And when you have it, we say amen. Amen. I will be reading verses 22 to 24 and then skipping down to 35 and reading through 42. Mark chapter 5 verse 22 reads, And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. 
Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Skip down to uh, verse 35. It says, While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a turmoil and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed Jesus. But when he had to put them all out, say, put them out. Uh -huh. He took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, To like thy kuma, which is translated, Little girl, I say to you, arise and immediately, say immediately. The little girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. And you don't have to turn to it, but I want to read 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, verse 12, and it just simply says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight. My topic for the day is simply, it's worth the fight. Amen? It's worth the fight. Grab somebody by the hand and let us pray. It's worth the fight. Yeah, yeah. I already feel that thing. Somebody already got their word. It's worth the fight. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we feel your sweet presence in this place, oh God. So right now, God, we ask, Lord, that you rest, rule, and abide throughout this word, oh God. Give somebody a word of empowerment so they can keep on keeping on. Give somebody a word of encouragement who is downtrodden, God. Give somebody a word of inspiration to let them know that they can fight the good fight of faith. Let them know right now, God, that it is worth the fight because you're standing in the midst of them, oh God. Holy Spirit, now I have prepared your word, Lord. Now we need your power, God, to show up in this place, oh God. Loose us from everything that has us bound, Lord, that will be a distraction from receiving your word in our spirit. Lord, and when it's all said and done, we will give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. It is in the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus that we pray and say amen. Amen. It's worth the fight. Mm. Life is filled with so many transitions. You'll never know what happens from day to day. I think it was Forrest Gump who said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. But I know I like chocolates, and sometimes I get some good chocolate. But those things, those chocolates that I don't get, I try to spit them out. But sometimes life, you can't spit some situations out. You just got to endure the test of time. We all must go through some, some tests and trials in our life. No matter how saved you are, no, no matter how many scriptures you know, no matter how, how powerful your prayer life is, you will have tribulation. Jesus said that in John 16, In this world, you will have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer, because I already overcome the world. And in our text today, we found a man, a saved man, a righteous man, a church leader, 
who had some trouble in his home. He was experiencing some tribulation in his life. His little girl, his baby, his 12-year-old good thing that God blessed him and his wife with was threatened with a life-threatening disease. And I don't know, I know we have some fathers in here, but I want you to imagine how that feels when your baby, your daughter, whether it be your daughter or your son, is in a, a disease that you cannot help them out of. I know it's hard for men to, that when they can't do anything to help their children. I know when my sister was five years old and the doctors gave up on them and the doctor said, go in there because your daughter's going to die. My, my father said, oh, there's nothing I can do. So he broke down and he called everybody into the room and they prayed my sister through. And like I said, right now she's 31 years old. So I know what a father who, who's in a place where he can't do anything for his child. Jarius, he was elected leader. He was dedicated. He helped minister to people week after week, but yet and still he had a situation in his own home. He had to press his way through to get through a family issue that threatened his child's life. Now that, that brought about some deep sorrow in his heart. He had to go away and steal away and he had to find somebody to help him. So he went to the only one that he knew. He went to the great physician, the one who had all power in his hands, the man called Jesus that he heard of, the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Amen? Jairus, he did what he had to do. And when you do what you have to do, expect some tribulation to come from all people around you. Amen? Expect some fights to break out. What kind of fights did Jairus have to deal with? But I, this wasn't stated, but I know he had some family fights. Because, see, the text said that everybody gathered at his house and was mourning for the little girl's death. So he had a family gathering. But Jairus did not accept that in his spirit. So he stole away and left the house and went to go find Jesus. Now, you know sometimes when you don't do what family wants you to do, they get kind of indignant. Oh, I guess I'm the only one got some family problems. I'm going to keep that to myself. But he had some family fights. Amen. His daughter was going to die. They, everybody was over his house wailing and mourning. And Jerry said, this don't sit right with me. Let me go get Jesus. He had some crazy faith for his crazy situation. He had the type of faith that moved mountains. He had the type of faith that saw the invisible. He had the type of faith that could conquer anything. Jerry had this crazy type of faith. And I want to know, has anybody got some crazy faith in here? I know they said that the prognosis was bad and that you only had so much to live. But when they tell you that, you got to activate your crazy faith like Jarius did. He had some crazy faith. He did not accept the report. And I thank God for a, God, a father like Jarius. Amen. Somebody who don't give up on you when people say to give up on you. Somebody who will go get Jesus and ask him to heal you in spite of what everybody say. I'm thankful for a father like Jarius. Jarius dared to think differently, and he dared to fight the good fight of faith. He guaranteed that his family didn't take too kindly to that, but he didn't care. He had to tell some people, so what? I don't care what you think or what you say. I'm going to get Jesus and ask him to heal my baby. Amen? He wasn't worried about keeping family peace. He was going to get divine help. And not only did he have family fights, but remember, he was a, a respected leader. And he had responsibilities for supervising the worship, watching the church school every week, maintaining the church building. So he had some problems with some church folk. Amen. Right. I'm not even going to touch that because I know we all got problems with some church folk. Church folk who think just because you're a leader, you don't have no issues in your own life. And they always want you at the church. 
That's what Jarius dealt with. They expected him to perform every kind of duty that he was expected to do and not tend to his own family. But he kept on stealing away because he had to find Jesus. Not only did he experience from the church folk, he experienced from the Pharisees in the community because they were on the Old Testament laws and rules. So they didn't even support Jesus. So because Jarius was a ruler and they supported his church, I know, I guarantee you that they were saying in his, what are you going to Get to Jesus. Amen. When Jarius meets Jesus, the Bible says that there was a large crowd gathered around Jesus. But that didn't stop Jarius because he was on a mission to get his daughter healed. He knew that his daughter's healing was worth the fight that he was going to go through. Amen. Why was the crowd around Jesus? Because at this time, Jesus had just healed and delivered the man called Legion, who was, uh, he was, when Jesus met him, he was unclothed and naked and out of his right mind. But Jesus touched him and delivered him, and so he was clothed and in his right mind. And so that brought about a change around the whole community. So everybody said, if he can heal Legion, let me see what this man's about. So they followed Jesus everywhere he went. So that's why uh, there was a crowd around Jesus. But that didn't stop Jarius. Jarius went straight up and pressed his way through the crowd, confronted Jesus. And what is the first thing he do? He did just what Miss Tanya did. She, he fell prostrate before Jesus. Amen. He worshiped Jesus because what did he want to do? He wanted to get his daughter healed. And he knew the way to get Jesus' attention was to worship him. Not any old kind of way, but bow down before him. Say, God, you're awesome. God, you're worthy. God, there's none like you. God, I'm going to lay everything at your feet. I need you. That's the type of worship he did. He worshiped Jesus in spirit and in truth because he had a family fight he pressed his way through that he pressed his way through the church fights he pressed his way fighting through the crowd and jesus got uh, he got jesus attention because why because he worshiped him and jesus said you know what i'm gonna heal your daughter but it didn't happen instantly because you know why if you read that section that i didn't read there was a woman with the issue of blood they had to get healed. She had to get healed from Jesus at that day. And Jesus did not say, I don't got time for you because Jerry's asked me first. Jesus took the time to heal somebody. And said, how many times do when, when people come our way, we say, we don't have time for you. I got to do this. Jesus wasn't like that. And Jarius didn't get mad either. He just waited patiently on the Lord because he knew if this woman who just touched the hem of Jesus' garment got completely healed, my God, what was Jesus going to do if, when he came to his house? So Jarius waited patiently on the Lord. He knew that the, the scripture in Isaiah, that they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings as Jesus. They will run and not faint. They will run and not be weary. He stood on that scripture. He waited patiently on Jesus. 
he worshiped Jesus. And while he was waiting and after the lady, the woman with the issue of blood got her deliverance, Jairus continued to walk with Jesus. Now, how many of us, if we had to wait on Jesus because he didn't come when we wanted to, how many of us will continue to walk with Jesus in our desperate situation when we think that Jesus is supposed to answer us immediately, but he didn't? But Jairus waited on him, and he continued to walk with him. And he didn't care who saw him either. He walked boldly with Jesus, boldly with Jesus through the streets into his house where everybody, all the naysayers was going to say, why are you bringing Jesus? Your daughter's already dead. Why bother? But Jairus kept focused because he knew it was worth the fight. Amen. Jairus didn't get into a huff because he knew if Jesus healed that woman, his daughter was going to be healed. So he stayed right by Jesus' side because it was worth the fight. Jesus knew that he had to do several things before he could manifest the complete healing in Jairus' life. He didn't go right directly to his house. Why? Because he had to heal the woman with the issue of blood. She had to be healed on that day at that time because she was having her own faith issues that Jesus had to tend to. Why did Jesus have to do several things. He had to comfort Jairus because when his friends came and said, you know, forget it. Your daughter's already dead. Leave the teacher alone. It kind of shook his faith a little bit. And how many of us have our, sh our faith shaking a little bit? I know you read the scripture. I know you're walking with God, but sometimes your faith gets a little shaky. Amen. I'm a witness. Sometimes my faith gets a little shaky, but Jesus has to come and comfort me and tell me, don't listen to them. Only believe. Amen. That's what he told Jairus. He said, don't listen to him, only believe. Because, and Jairus did just what he said because he was focused on getting his child healed. What else did Jesus have to do? He had to get the crowd out of Jairus' way, amen? Some people that with you, they just crowding you out from getting your healing. Jesus had to uh, decipher and decrease your little circle. You wonder why they don't call you no more. That's Jesus is doing. You wonder why certain family members don't talk to you no more. That's Jesus is doing. Jesus had to get the crowd away. He had to minimize the amount of people who was following Jesus to Jairus' house just to see what was going on. They didn't really believe that uh, Jesus was going to heal the daughter. They just wanted to see, just to be in the crowd, just to say they was there when that took place. Jesus knew that he couldn't take all of them with him. And sometimes you can't take everybody with you when you're trying to get a healing. Amen? You got to lose some people and let them go. It ain't because they mad. It ain't because they negative. Jesus just don't want them in your crew right now. Amen? Some miracles that Jesus wants to perform, you got to do it by yourself with just a little bit of people. The people that have all that crazy faith that you need. Amen? So Jesus will shake, shake the foundation of your social circle. What else did he do? He kept the crowd away. He comforted Jairus. And then it, also when he got to Jairus' house, he had to do some more spring cleaning. He had to get all them naysayers out who were in Jairus' house. He said, y'all got to go because y'all don't even believe what I'm about to do. He had to get the doubt out of the house. Amen. When they arrived, the people were all weeping and mourning and crying. You know how people do at funerals, trying to have the best cry session. You know... I don't know, some of y'all, I watch Good Times a lot. And on Good Times, Miss Wanda, she was, the, she was a town crier. And at every funeral, Wanda was trying to cry as loud as everybody. And when somebody out cried her, she stood up and said, I'm the, I'm the loudest crier. So that's what they was probably trying to do and just trying to see who can cry the loudest. They was probably trying to see how much money Jerry's had on a little girl, trying to calculate. Y'all know how people do at funerals. 
well, I don't, how much, how much money they, they gonna leave this little girl? How much is the money they have on them? You know how people are calculating over your house, trying to see what you got, trying to see how you react? That's what they was doing. And Jesus said, y'all got to go. Why is there so much commotion? Don't y'all see that I'm here? Jesus said, don't y'all see who just walked in the door? I'm the man with all power. That's what Jesus was saying. Y'all don't even see who walked in the door. So he said, y'all got to go. He didn't hesitate. He didn't say, I'm sorry. He didn't give no exclamation. He said, y'all got to go. Did Jairus, uh, did Jairus go along with Jesus? Yes. He didn't say one thing. He said, well, Jesus, whatever you want to do to get my daughter healed, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Jesus said, this child is not dead. She will arise. And once the doubt is out, that's when Jesus can perform. You got to get the doubt out of your life. You got to get the doubt out of your life. Some of y'all look at me, say to yourself, get the doubt out. Get the doubt out. You got to get the doubt. You got to believe Jesus is going to do just what he said. Why? Because it's worth the fight. You got to get the doubt out. Jesus knew that Jesus, Jarius knew that Jesus had to go through all these steps, heal the woman with the issue of blood. She had to comfort Jarius. He had to get the crowd away. He had to clean some more of his house of naysayers, all because his daughter was going to be healed on that day. Jarius knew that his daughter's healing was worth the fight. He had endured so much. He had to fight, scratch, pull, and press his way to see Jesus. So Jarius knew once he got Jesus in the house, something was about to happen. Amen. What you have to go through, so what you have to go through to get a, a walk with Jesus, get Jesus in your life. Why are you gonna let people, what people say, what people think you're gonna do, mess up your miracle? You gotta believe that God's gonna do just what He said. You gotta believe with what you're fighting for, it's worth the fight. I know when my mother was in the hospital for five months, she went in there for something. It wasn't even lung cancer, but a month after they found that she had lung cancer. When they, soon as they said the word cancer, all the doctors, some family members said, you know what, you know, she's in the last stages, you might as well give up on her. But I'm saying, look, my mother is worth the fight. She may not be worth your fight, but she's worth my fight. And I want to tell somebody in here, don't let nobody tell you what you should do when you believe that what you're fighting for is worth the fight. Amen. I had to fight for my mother. I had to fight when the doctor said, you know what, do you want us to resuscitate? I said, yes, I do. Every time they ask, they ask me that every week. Yes, I do, because while my mother was worth the fight. The family members, you know how people do after so long, they uh, get sick of coming to the hospital. So about January, February, you know what, they had the audacity to say to me, you ought to let your mother die peacefully. And I can't tell you what I said because I'm in church. But it wasn't pretty because I knew my mother was worth the fight. Because see, she was my mother. She carried me nine months. She fought for me for 35 years. And so when she needed me, I was sure enough gonna fight because see, I always been a fighter. Don't let it fool you. I always been a fighter. But now I got my fight focused. Jesus. She's worth the fight. I'm trying to trying to connect this with Jarius because I, I was Jarius. I had to intercede for my mother. My mother coded three or four times during that time. Every time I said, you better resuscitate her. You better resuscitate her. And in January, she lost all speech. She was on a ventilator and they kept saying, do you want us to put a plug? I said, no, I don't. 
she still got a little fight in her. She kept on fighting. She was doing some things that they was like, I don't know how she's doing this according to our reports. And I'm like, cause my mother's a fighter. She was fighting a good fight of faith and I kept on fighting for her. When her organs started to shut down, that was like, okay, can we uh, not resuscitate? I said, no, you keep on resuscitating because my mother is worth the fight. I couldn't do anything but fight for my mother. That's all I knew what to do. I believed that God was going to heal my mother. And he did. He healed her in her own way because on March 24, 2005, he took on the glory because she had fought her good fight of faith. She had got the crown of righteousness. She had got the power prize that we all waiting for. And so on, even on her tomb, I got Timothy 4 on it. I fought the good fight. I endured the hard race, and I now got my crown of glory. And some of you may be wondering, well, how is it worth the fight if all doing all that time and your mother still died? Because through it all, you know what I learned? I learned to trust in Jesus. Yeah, I did. Through it all, I learned who was on my side when the chips were down. Through it all, I built up my faith to see the impossible, to see the invisible. I had the type of crazy faith that said, okay, I don't care what you say. And now I know that if I could survive that, whatever comes my way, I can make it. Through it all, how'd you survive, Tanya? Through it all, I gained another level of who God was and what he was trying to do in my life. Through it all, I discovered my purpose and my passion. Through it all, I learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I learned to trust in God. And you can't tell me, you can't make me doubt the power of God right now on 2006, October 22nd, because I know that God is a healer. He is a way maker. He is a burden bearer. He is my strong tower. Why? Because I fought the good fight with my mother. She was worth the fight. I kept on fighting. I kept on toiling. And she did the same thing. And my word to you, I don't preach long, so I'm sorry if you didn't get to hoop. But that's my word for you. It's worth the fight. Amen. You better keep on doing what God told you to do. You better keep on fighting. You better put on your gloves and say, pal, devil, there you go. You better put on some fighting shoes and say, I'm going to do some kickboxing on you. Why? Because it's worth the fight. Anybody in here got an issue that people want you to give up on, but you just stand flat foot and say, it's worth my fight. God told me that this is going to happen, so I believe that God's going to do it. Tell to somebody and say, it's worth the fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Why? Because it is worth the fight. And through your fight, you will experience God in a new way. Amen? Amen. That's it. It's worth the fight. Say it's worth the fight. You have to talk to yourself because you're going to have to talk to yourself. Say it's worth the fight. I don't care if it's cancer. I don't care if it's a messed up marriage. I don't care if it's problems on your job. It's worth the fight. It's worth the fight. Amen. It's worth the fight. Hallelujah.